CSUN basketball has started off-season workouts, and Alan Zinsmeister and myself were able to attend one on Tuesday. Alan, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing good, Gazal. Good to hear your voice again. Since the new staff has come in, I know you've had an opportunity to speak with some of them and have some conversations with the staff. How have those gone? How have you felt about your interactions with the new staff? You know, that was one thing I was slightly concerned about because we had such a great relationship with the former staff. I mean, if there's uh, one thing that we can always feel good about was that Coach Theus was very open to us, and so were his assistants. But I found in speaking with Coach Herrick and Coach Dunlap and Coach Williams that they were all very accommodating. So that that was a plan. And I finally had a chance to meet Coach Gottfried, and uh, he was pretty busy. But he, he looked me in the eye, shook my hand, and then I got out of his way. Okay, before we get into the meat of it, and I've already written a blog post on it, so I'm really interested in your thoughts. We talked a little bit, but I, I, I'm interested in what you observed. What's your take on the new staff, uh, Alan, with regard to how they're going to build this program, what their approach is? Obviously, they have a great history. Do you think it will translate to CSUN being successful in the Big West? I think anytime you bring on a staff that has had two members who've won a national championship, you know you're dealing with winners. So um, I, I, I'm positive that they know what it takes to win. They understand about recruiting. They understand the type of culture that it takes. So my thought is, uh, and from watching them in the practice, I was not disappointed. This is going to be a staff that's going to challenge these young fellas, but they're going to teach them. And uh, I think it's going to be a slow, slow process because the team is so young. But uh, you're going to see some progress with this team. Let's talk about the people we know. So Terrell okay. Gomez, Blair Orr, Jonathan Guevara, our guy Kaba, and then you know we got to know Jared Perry a little bit last year. We didn't get a chance to see him play. Same with Lamine Janay. Uh, what were your thoughts? Give me a couple of thoughts on some of the incumbent guys that you saw and how you felt they were doing in the offseason. How is that going to translate when we start the season in November? You know, with so many players leaving, and really only two players returning that had significant minutes, and that was Jonathan Guevara and Terrell Gomez, I, I, was, I wanted to see how they would uh, interact with their new teammates. And what impressed me most about the returners is that all of them, especially uh, Blair and Terrell, they understand that it's their responsibility to lead a very young team. They didn't shy away from it. They were vocal. Uh, they ran the drills with the right type of energy and effort. So I was very impressed uh, with, with the two. I would call them uh, front runners for leaders in uh, Blair Orr and Terrell Gomez. Jonathan Guevara, he's the same. He's got that smile. He's got that swag. So he, he's pretty much always going to be just Jonathan. Uh, the Perry and Lamine, well, uh, Gerard and Lamine, you know, we didn't get a chance to see them hardly at all. But, I mean, is it Jared? It's Jared Perry, right? Is Jer I can't think of, what's, what's Perry's first name again? Jared. Jared Perry. Yeah, Jared, okay, Jared, yeah. We didn't get a chance to see them play much last season, but uh, it was nice seeing them out there, and I think they were, they didn't look as comfortable uh, as, as uh, Blair and Jonathan and Terrell, but I liked their energy, and you could tell they were excited to play. Um, I think the returners are going to be very, very, uh, positive influence for this young team. Was there anything specific you saw with any of those players that you feel you should mention? I've got to mention Blair Orr. I mean, I know you mentioned this in your blog. I had a chance to read your blog, and it was great, by the way. Uh, his loss of nearly 30 pounds, uh, you could, it's noticeable. The 
you see him because he's a big guy, but he looks he looks slender now, still big but slender. And the fact that he put in the work in the offseason to be in the best shape possible so that he might be able to earn minutes, uh, I was very impressed with that. And then it translated to the floor. I mean, I saw him dunk more in uh, the scrimmage and in practice that I've seen him dunk in the previous two years. So the weight loss has him uh, fit, strong, a little bit more athletic. And so I'm hopeful that he'll get a chance to, to demonstrate what you and I think he can do, which is be a strong leader and a valuable player. Uh, Terrell Gomez was the freshman of the year last year. We got a chance to chat with him a little bit. He seemed to be upbeat in very good spirits. How do you peg him, Alan? What, I, know, I know you really liked him last year, and what we liked about him was how he worked through the stuff he struggled with from the beginning of the year to the middle of the year, kind of towards the end where he improved in his ball handling and in his defense and in his kind of being a leader. Uh, what can we expect from Terrell Gomez? You know, we can expect that leadership because he was very vocal. Uh, in the scrimmage, Terrell was on the team that did not do so well. He was with some with some of the newer guys, and they didn't play that well. And he was frustrated but not, uh, you know, demeaning to his teammates. But he wanted to let them know, hey, it's going to take this type of energy. It's going to take this type of effort. You've got to look and be prepared to catch my passes. So uh, he is he's going to do uh, what he needs to do to help his team win. He is a natural leader. And and another thing about Terrell, which makes him so grounded, we had a chance to meet uh, his cousin, who his cousin is probably maybe 12 to 13 years older than Terrell. We got a chance to meet him, and he's Terrell is always surrounded by family members, people who love him, people who care about him, people who push him in the classroom and on the court. So he's so well-grounded with his family and the confidence that he has that uh, uh, Terrell's just going to be uh, – he's, he's going to take off. He's going to be a leader, and he's going to help this team so much. That was one of the things I noticed. I mentioned it in the blog, too, is that there was a kind of a family vibe. Not that there wasn't last year, I guess, but there were some family members in attendance at the practice, and we mentioned Stefan, who is uh, Terrell's cousin, was one of them. Uh, let's move to the coaching staff. I know you already okay. talked about your impressions about them. Give me an evaluation. How did you feel they ran the practice? And how did you feel that the, the staff's roles were either developed or developing? Did you get the idea there are defined roles with this staff, Alan? I got the idea that there were defined roles because at different times, different coaches uh, took over the practice. But what I kind of look for is, is what do they say to the players? How do they interact with the players? And what I took away, Gazal, was that this is about as cool and calm a group of coaches that I've seen. Uh, there was very rarely a raised voice. Um, definitely, they challenged the young men to, 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 to go after it and play hard. But there's a sense that they are so confident in their abilities to teach and to coach that there was almost like a very quiet, confident swag, so to speak, so to speak, in the staff. I saw it in Mo Williams, a former uh, NBA player, as he talked to his team during timeouts. Coach Mike Dunlap, who's very affable, he was teasing the guys a little bit about guys who couldn't make jump shots, and, and uh, he was a shooter when he was in college, so he's kind of getting on, on him in a, in a nice way. But Jim Herrick is, is 80 years old, or will be 80 years old soon. And uh, Coach Herrick is as sound of mind and body as a 50-year-old. As a and I think I was more impressed with Coach Herrick's energy and teaching and desire just to show these young men how to play basketball the right way. Let's move to the new guys. This is what the meat everybody wants to talk about. How good is this new crop of recruits they have brought in? Who stood out to you? Who impressed you? 
Um, give me a couple of names and, and, and what you saw. Now, just to, to, to give an idea to the people listening is it was probably about an hour and 45-minute session, which about the first 75 minutes or so, they went through a series of drills. What I found interesting, and I mentioned it in the blog, was the first 15 to 20 minutes, there wasn't even a basketball on the floor. It was all kind of movement footwork drills. It was slide drills. Coach Herrick was running. And then they ended the practice with about, what well, you'd say, maybe a 20, a 20 to 30-minute scrimmage session with a couple of breaks in it, the black team against the red team. Um, who were in that scrimmage in particular, Alan? Who stood out to you? Why did they stand out to you? And what does that mean going forward? Well, when you have young players, they're always so up and down. But the one thing that I thought was consistent with all the young players was their effort. I mean, you know you're going to get effort from young players, but what kind of effort? Are you going to get the kind of effort where they're not under control, they're just running around like crazy and just making so many mistakes? That I didn't see. I saw active young men understanding what they were supposed to do in their offense, on the offensive end and on what was expected on the defensive end. And they were all very... Uh, active and understanding and under control uh, in the scrimmage and in the drills. Uh, as far as individuals that stood out to me, you know, it's so early, but and when it's early like this, you always notice the athletic guys, the guys who just seem to have a little extra bounce that are longer, uh, maybe that are faster. And uh, Teddy Oching was the young freshman was very, very athletic. Uh, I, I, I think Elijah Harkless, he gave so much energy and effort. I mean, I remember him like he must have deflected at least four to five passes and, and had at least two steals. So I love the effort, the energy uh, of the young guys. I thought that uh, Herrick, uh, he's a shooter. He didn't get a chance to really get his feet set to get some shots up that he could make because the defense was so good. And I actually had a chance to talk with him. And he said, you know, that's the difference. In college, everything is a little bit faster. It's a little bit more intense. And so for a guy who's a pure shooter, I think he's going to find his uh, his space and his uh, ability to get those shots off once he gets a little bit more comfortable. Uh, but I was very, very, very uh, impressed with, uh, with Teddy Oching. I mean, he is really athletic. He could get up and down. He had a couple of dunks. Uh, you know, Martinez, uh, Avery Martinez, I didn't see him take a shot, but he sure played some pretty good defense. He was active on the defensive end. We, we were talking uh, about him. And he's, about, he's about six There four, was six, uh, Cameron Godfrey played as well, and he did pretty good. We were talking, remember, I remember you and I talked about Avery Martinez, rangy kid, maybe six four, six five. Reminded me, we were joking about. You remember Ben Vizola a couple of years ago when yes. he bought yes. him in as a shooter, and it turned out one of his biggest assets was defense. Um, and I thought Avery played well on defense too. And I know you got to throw you got to throw a couple of words to your guy Alex Sokol, who uh, took a couple of shots yesterday as well. You know, at one point the black team, I think you you know you're always on top of things. I think you said they had run off 19 points in a row, maybe 22 points in a row before Alex Sokol hit a baseline three, and, and uh, that's what he does. He's a three-point shooter and three-point maker. But he was a little off yesterday, so he was frustrated in himself because he didn't make enough shots. But when it counted, he made a three that was needed, and he's put on a little muscle weight. So um, Alex, who I, who I like a lot, and I think it's going to get some minutes because he can shoot so well, you can tell that he's matured and he's ready to, uh, to try to earn some spots, even though he's not a scholarship athlete. Who does Oching remind you of? I saw a little bit of Stephen Maxwell in him. But you're right, he was very kind of explosive, athletic, and, and, and refined a little bit. 
Uh, he is, he is, his skills are a bit raw. What do you think? How does he project, maybe if we look a little bit forward to the Big West season? You know, if any Matador fans who've been around a long time, they'll remember this name, Jonathan Hurd. He reminded me of Jonathan Hurd. They're about the same height. Uh, Jonathan was very, very athletic coming out of Dorothy High School, and he didn't shoot the jumper well, but he was extremely athletic. Uh, that's who Teddy kind of reminded me of. They're about the same height. Uh, I think Teddy might be a little bit heavier than Jonathan when he came in as a high school player, but uh, he, he's so bouncy, so athletic, so skilled. I mean, once he gets coached up and gets a chance to really learn basketball, because he's new to basketball, he is going to be an impact player in this conference. Mark my words. He's going to be an impact player in this conference with his athletic ability. And both Teddy Oching and Avery Martinez are kind of gifted to see some by your old, not your old friend, your, your current friend, Bobby Braswell, who's going to be on the staff with uh, Coach Munson over at Long Beach State this year, which, is, which will be kind of an interesting twist. But they were supposed to be to UTEP, and then when that coaching staff was released, they were actually released from their letters of intent, and they ended up at CSUN. That could be a boon for the San Fernando Valley. Right, you know, and I, I would think that Coach Braswell, uh, you know, once uh, he, you know, he, uh, he knew they were going to go to CSUN, but at that time he was not uh, employed by Long Beach State, so he, he might regret that uh, that he talked up CSUN so well to them because he loves the university. He talked up CSUN uh, to these young players, I think, and uh, now they're playing for CSUN and they'll be going against Coach Braswell, and Braswell likes athletic long guys, and that's exactly what these two young men are. How about some of the other bigs? What, how would you assess some of their play? I'm talking about our, our guy Kaba. Um, we got a chance to see uh, Jared Perry play. We didn't get a chance to see him play last year. I thought Michael Ooh was a little bit was impressive as well uh, in the scrimmage. And then, of course, we mentioned Blair Orr already. Well, I thought Kaba already I could tell that he is really focused. I mean, in practice, he was focused, paying uh, attention. He's always paid attention, but there was a little extra intensity uh, while he was out there. And he caught a very direct, hard pass from a short distance that there's no way that he would have caught last season. So I think that he must have been getting some individual work with the coaching staff. Uh, so Kaba actually looked pretty good. Uh, I, I definitely think that uh, Perry is going to be the kind of player that could come in, give you some minutes on the defensive end. He had a beautiful block shot on an attempted layup that uh, was uh, spectacular because he's so athletic. And the big kid from uh, from New Mexico, um, and now you say his last name again ooh, for me because I ooh, keep wanting ooh. to say, you say it's ooh, right? Ooh. As in O-U for ooh? Yes. Yep. Well, Michael, you, you mentioned it in your blog. Michael grabbed the defensive rebound, dribbled all the way down court between a couple of point guards, and then laid it up and in. That's all I needed to see to know that he's got confidence in his ball handling ability and his ability to grab rebounds and finish at the rim. So that's going to be another young player that I think CSUN's going to be able to count on to maybe someday, someday look like a like a Gabe Levin because he's kind of like that, that size, a little taller than Gabe, but there was a, an offensive confidence that I really liked about him. Give me two or three takeaways just in general with regard to the team. You know, we don't want to get nuts. It's early. It's August. And that's the good. That's the bad news. The good news, though, is there's two more months for this coaching staff to work with this group to try to get them developed going forth into the schedule for first non-conference and obviously conference with the Big West. But, Alan, if you could give me two or three takeaways. You've watched this game for a long time. You've been part of this program for a long time. Give me a couple of takeaways for the audience out there. What are some things they can hang their hats on? 
I think I would say that when you have young players, you see flashes of brilliance, and then you see sometimes where you know that they're freshmen and you know they're one year removed from high school. So I would say to, to, to the fans and folks who will really love CSUN basketball, patience will be a virtue this year because this team is going to play hard. I have no doubt of that. They're going to play hard, but they're young. They're going to make some mistakes. But I think that this is an intellectually uh, talented squad. I think every player that we witness has a very good, solid basketball IQ. So they're going to be able to suck in and soak in information. And by the time this season is halfway over, they're going to look much better than they did early on because they're so talented and so smart. Uh, and when I say talented, I mean there are athletic pieces uh, on this team. Uh, not a lot of size, not a lot of girth. But in the Big West Conference, if you've got heart and hustle and can make a few outside shots like Rocket Henderson, we haven't had a chance to talk about Henderson yet, Rodney Rocket Henderson. Uh, I think he is actually going to be a very important piece for the Matadors on the offensive end. I thought he was the best player on the floor yesterday in terms of just progression. The fact that he's a JC kid playing against a lot of high school kids. And I love the Benny Anders hairdo. And I don't know if you like that. Or I'm, I'm a huge fan of that old five slamma jamma, that five slamma jamma throwback. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember. I remember that hairdo from that young fellow. As a matter of fact, I think they, they, there was a special about him. But anyway, uh, yeah, he Henderson can score. He can shoot it. Um, now he was playing against some young high school players, and when he goes up against Division One uh, men, he's going to be out of sorts a little bit early on because he is a junior college transfer, and it is an adjustment for the JUCO guys, uh, just as it is for the high school guys. But he's got a ton of confidence in his abilities, uh, and he's come from some solid basketball programs, especially in high school at, at Bosco. So uh, I think Henderson is is going to be the person that the, that they can count on night in and night out to probably score double-digit points for him. Alan, believe it or not, it's going to be year six for you and I, right? I can't believe it. I mean, this will be the start of my 16th season wow. in broadcasting. But the fact that you and I will now be entering our sixth season, and it seems like yesterday, but now you and I – can really say I think that we're the longest tenured duo in the conference. You may be right. You may be right. Yeah. You may be right. Um, Alan, thanks again for your time this afternoon. Anything, any final thoughts to wrap up on this one? I know it's weird. We're about three months away, but to watch that practice, to watch them get after it, I know you, I was excited, and I think you got a little bit excited too watching the Matadors play in the Matadome on Tuesday night. Excitement, that's what it is. If for, for, for those listening, and if you're a CSUN fan, this is going to be an exciting year. It's going to be an, a year where you're going to have to grow with these young guys. But bring some excitement. Come on out. Support this squad, and you're not going to be disappointed. I think Coach Gottfried, is, uh, he understands what it takes to win. He's won every place that he's gone, and he's going to have these guys playing some exciting fun basketball. So come on out and watch. Alan, thanks again for your time. We'll do this again maybe next month after we've watched a couple more practices to give a little bit more of an assessment, but I appreciate it. Dr. Z, the analyst on CSUN basketball as he's been for the last 16 years. Alan Zinsmeister, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, my friend. All right, we'll talk to you soon.